You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 220 of Horsemanship Radio, brought to you by Hands On Gloves, the all-in-one revolutionary bathing and grooming gloves. Horsemanship Radio is a part of the family of the Horse Radio Network, and today we meet a producer, a reporter, a TV anchor, and also she's a horse advocate. And then we have Katie Negrani. She's the horse girl, well, all the way from the other coast. We have coast to coast today. This is Debbie Lauks, and you're listening to the Horsemanship Radio. Thanks for joining us. Horsemanship Radio airs on the 1st and the 15th of the month, and I have my producer, Jen, with me today. Thank you, Jen. Thank you. It's nice to get together with you again. We do this twice a month, and we get to sit down and chat about all sorts of things. And it's really fun because we get to talk, chat about all sorts of things from very much that global view. It's kind of fun. We do, yeah. Coast to coast. You're you're Florida. I'm California. So we <laughs> there's right. a start. And actually, our first uh, well, we have guests from both coasts too today too. All horse girls, which is a lot of fun. And it's fun to talk to those in Florida about so many facilities are growing and becoming so cool there. I think Wag and Tryon and all these crazy things. The, the mushrooming. Coast, the East Coast is pretty hot today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're so hot on. right now. Yeah. yeah, really fun. Well, it's things are really hot at Flag is up the California mm-hmm. Horse Center as well. How's everything going out yeah. there? Yeah. Oh, we're having so much fun, Jen. Thanks for asking. The uh, the mountain trail will be a subject that comes up today too, and our Mark Bolander designed mountain trail course is kind of the talk of the Central Coast, which is kind of fun because we do open it up. For people who would like to sign up, we keep it to 10 or less a month. But, you know, once once a month, right in the middle of the month, we do let people trailer in and and have a little see. The boarders, once they orient themselves to it, actually can play on it any day they want. So I'm curious. Are mm-hmm. we going to be seeing mountain trail competitions sometime in the near future? Yes. Spoiler alert. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that was part of it too, was to be able to have events there because it's in the infield and we've got, you can really spread out on Flag is Up Farms anyway, you know, and the California Horse Center. So, so what's this thing, California Horse Center and Flag is Up Farms? I'm confused. What's the name thing? Yeah, anyway, help me out. <laughs> well, Flag is Up Farms, you know, we've been here since 1966 and that was a horse racing state-of-the-art facility and it has a reputation throughout the world in the horse racing industry, definitely for Thoroughbreds but, and Monty Roberts. The California Horse Center was something we wanted to take a different level again of playing with horses, but in a professional way. So we have a wellness center, we have the mountain trail, we have walkouts. So we built all, we built 27 walkouts. Those are the 12 by 12 stalls with stable comfort matting in them. You know, the kind that's big Tempur-Pedic mat matting and um you know it's like four inches thick so you can almost like bounce up and down on it. it's really cool and then walkouts with um you know the horses are able to keep moving and you know jen our theme is about movement and keeping horses happy and healthy through movement and so that 
all as part of the California Horse Center theme. So we want to get a reputation in that. I don't want people to think we only have a racetrack and thoroughbreds here anymore because we really have opened it up to a wider scope, more in keeping with dad's philosophies that he's been, you know, his mission statement for the last 30 years has is go forth and make happier, healthier horses. And so this is to carry forth with that with that idea. Yeah, and that applies to every horse, whether it's a wild horse, yep. a pasture puff, a race horse, a competition yep. horse, yep. all horses that, because these methods, I guess method is the best word to use, okay. it, it applies to every horse, which I think is so much fun because I've been able to take, I get to talk to you all the time, and I get to take so many really interesting light bulb moments that I get from you when mm-hmm. we talk about horses and apply them to my everyday horse life. It's not one of those things that um, this is a technique that you use when you ride dressage. Right. It, it's right. not. Everything that we talk about here is very, mm-hmm. very global, and it it applies to every aspect of your interaction with horses. And mm-hmm. as you guys out there at Flag is Up Farm, the California Horse Center, have demonstrated, mm-hmm. it also applies to your everyday interactions with humans, yeah, dogs, Yes. Deer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's an application of, it's almost a philosophy of, of life, of, of how the universe is and how you can interact with it to make it a better place when you're gone, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I think probably the, the signature is that what is the best way to, is, as you say, to interact with a different being but in our case, we're really specific with a flight animal and a carnivore. Carnivores, whether you're a vegetarian or not, you are a carnivore. <laughs> you are, you might be an omnivore. You can eat meat. They know it. I and mean, we're built as a predator with our eyes in the front of our heads. We act predatorial sometimes when we train horses in the traditional way. So sometimes horses we act know predatorial this. when we're not training horses. Well, that's with our husbands, but other than that, <laughs> but, but you know, the, what we learn from horses, what we take away from horses, we like to have here on this show because so much of it does um, help us. You'll, you'll hear that in Katie Negrani today, how she talks about how that made her a different person and I'll let her say how she became a different person, but it was definitely her experience with horses and around horses. Hands-On Gloves is the number one ranked multi-award winning patented animal shedding, bathing, grooming gloves that animals prefer for their generous massage that they provide. Hands-On is currently expanding to bring you revolutionary new animal products as well as high quality, effective gardening gloves and tools. Hands-On Gloves will change the way we tackle everyday animal and gardening activities, making those efforts faster and more effective. Whether you have a house full of cherished fur babies, a garden full of prize-worthy vegetables, a ranch of prized livestock, or the best rose garden in town, Hands-On Gloves provides you with the tactical tools you need to get the job done right. They're non-abrasive with flexible round tips and strong nylon fabric. They make the perfect grooming gloves. Find Hands-On Gloves at your local retailers or at handsongloves.com.
Katie Negrani was born and raised near the central coast of California. After graduating with a degree in animal science, Katie went full-time into training horses and soon participated and won an extreme Mustang makeover where she had 100 days to gentle train and compete on a wild horse. Katie has a great appreciation for horses as true athletes. She has seen some great horsemanship, but also some of the dark sides of horsemanship as well. Troubled horses forced her to think and act outside of the box. Well, welcome, Katie Negrandi. Welcome back, I should say. Thank I'm glad you. to have you back on on the podcast, Horsemanship Radio, and uh, and I'm glad to have a local girl back. That's yeah, always thanks. fun too. Yeah. Thank you for having me back again. Love it, love it. Well, you made the long drive from Morro Bay, which is uh, about an hour and a half, I guess, uh, above us here. A beautiful place that you live, and you came down and had a play on our mountain trail. So we got to talking, and I knew I had to have you back on because it was fun watching what you, how you handled, and and what you've been able to do with Monkey. You're cute little, <laughs> yeah. He's a cute little cord horse, and um, and I and I wanted to talk to you a little bit too about how the arc is going, how you're progressing with with training horses. But um, I, you know, I I know you from the last interview that we did that you are, you know, you're the next generation. You're taking things to the level of um, working with remedial horses and doing some things that are a little outside the box of just starting horses too. So I wanted to cover a, a, a lot of territory today, but I'm going to start with um, why'd you bring Monkey here last weekend uh, for our mountain trail? Well, I raised him. So um, his mother was the big reason I got into problem horses, not because I enjoyed working with problem horses, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but people who knew his mother, um, kind of knew how difficult she was. And I bought his mother as a three-year-old and people said she was going to hurt me and she was dangerous and she was crazy and all these things. And a few months later, I had her just hobbled standing in the middle of the arena while they were dragging with the tractor. And all of a sudden I had all these horses added to my, my string. Yeah. <laughs> we want our horses to do that too. You yeah. Know? So years later then I, I bred that mare and people still thought I was crazy. And you know, you get monkey and monkeys four, and he's kind of the horse that, you know, I'm careful about what I do, like how quick I go. Cause it's easy to, it's easy to like traumatize one. Um, <laughs> not to sound all careful, but yeah, both. <laughs> oh, right. So, you know, hearing about what you guys are doing and the opportunity and, and really the, you guys kind of make us do it on the ground first, not make, but you highly recommended doing the obstacles from the ground first. And I was all over that because a lot of places you go, they don't really want you doing that. <laughs> I don't even get that. Do you get that? I don't. It doesn't make any sense to me, but you know, we're different, you know, day, right. Um, and so that was a great opportunity because this Colt, you know, he's, I mean, he's four, but he's only had a hundred, maybe 120 rides over the last two years, just because yeah. I've been busy with other things. And, um, so he was my pick to bring because he was ready to go out and he was ready to go out somewhere that it was going to be, you know, a controlled environment, but a challenging environment at the same time. 
Oh, that's good. So that's good. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I didn't even know. I didn't ask you on the day, you know, about the whole background on him. But you did say that you had about 100, 120 rides on him. And what I loved about it is he, he does look young still. I mean, he, he's four, but he's didn't you. When was he born? What month? I mean, he was a July. Yeah, so he was a I remember. You said, yeah, right, right. And so he, he did look like he's got some growth in him. And and um, but he was so chill. And usually when the horses walk out there, I don't care how, you know, what their age is, they have big eyes, you know, they they say, oh, look at this playground, never been here before. And and um, we have these play dates once a month. So we do get to see new horses introduced to it. Can't imagine being introduced to it from the saddle, but we we like that groundwork too. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I when I walked up, you had him just kind of quietly hunting the trail. I I love that term, hunting the trail. You had him uh, extended uh, out from you, and you were sending him quietly, not at any speed at all, over and over again, while you just gently talked uh, to us and to him. And and I just love your manners with the horses. And I can tell when somebody has worked with some remedial horses, too. They're not reactionary or uh, quick, uh, be very incremental, and I was just really pleased with how you were you were training him. So I want to know a little background on him. We got to know that, but you had told me that you changed the way you trained horses when you started working with remedial horses, and maybe you've kind of answered that. But I was curious about that. What what were some of the things that you changed from maybe the way you were thought about training horses to how you had to handle a, a remedial or problem horse? Well, the biggest one was going from instead of trying to fix something from the saddle is fixing it from the ground. Because mm-hmm. a lot of horses, you know, people, you know, once I started getting those horses, people wanted their bucking problem or their bolting problem or, you know, whatever their their trouble was when they rode, they wanted that fixed. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the horses knew tricks or they knew or they had like triggers from being ridden. So it was like, well, I can't really efficiently do something from their back, nor did I want to, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because most of them are pretty dangerous. So it was um, digging into going a different route. And the safe way for me and a productive way was just doing it on the ground. And then the other part, like with the groundwork, was instead of doing a lot of stuff on the end of a rope, was doing a lot of stuff at Liberty. Because mm-hmm. the truth comes out when you turn a horse loose. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> if, and even just simple round pen stuff, which a round pen can get kind of a bad name. But I don't use a round pen to chase one or make them tired or, you know, like mm-hmm. make them behave. But using a round pen to see what you have and then working on a way to connect with that horse while they have the freedom to move. Yes. Because you can't make them do anything. Yeah. Uh, but finding a way to connect with them while still allowing them to feel like they have control over what happens to them, which I yeah. feel is really important. Love that. Yeah. And a lot of people think, I guess, ex- outsiders, let's call it, that liberty training is a lot of trick training and, uh, you know, kind of a fun little game to play and everything, too. But I get what you're saying about it, it, if you're inside their head, it's because they 
can make their own decisions and they're reading your physiology and your body language as much as you're reading theirs. Why do you think round pins get a bad reputation? What is this chasing thing all about? I don't even understand it. Well, that's always been the the criticism I've heard is, you know, there's taboo with a round pen because it's easy. Or when I've seen people use one that aren't in the mental mode, you know, they go around and around and around and around and change directions and kind of hustle them, you know, in turns. And, and I'm not really sure what the, you know, what their goal is because yeah. I'm not them, but um, that tends to be like, Ooh, round pens are bad for huh. that reason. But kind of like with anything, whatever the tool is, you could easily use the tool mm. for harm and not good. So clever. Yeah, that's exactly right. Dad, I think one of dad's favorite sayings is it's not the hands that hold anything. It's, I mean, it's not the tool it's or the equipment, but it's the hands that hold it. Uh, and, you know, it's what you do with what you've got to, and, and body language is so important anyway. So that has nothing to do. That's why I like the Liberty thoughts too, that you can, there's so much you can do to partner with a horse. But so is this now getting to be, you know, every horse comes through the gate is remedial or are you having fun with just some starters like monkey too? Well, I've done, um, I've done the problem horses for almost 15 years and uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of work and (laughs) I kind of had a little bit of like a breakdown Mm. A couple or a few years ago, um, I was doing this program or I watched this, you know, a, um, it was like a commercial or a, an ad, you know, on Facebook. And it's this guy that sits out in the middle of a pasture uh. and he's got these horses that are just laying down asleep around him. Mm-hmm. And my first thought was, this is a bunch of baloney. Like <laughs> there's some, there's some sort of trick to this. Like this guy's teaching him how to lay down or, you know, I, I so me being the skeptic, I signed up for the program. <laughs> and the very first thing they teach you is how to be mentally present, mm-hmm. is how to be able to sit and just sit and not be thinking about anything. And I didn't realize that that was actually a thing, that you could actually sit and not think. You know, I, I, I <laughs> did not know that. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started like my husband would fall asleep really quick at night. I'm like, how do you do that? And he goes, because <laughs> I just don't think about anything. And I got mad at him because I thought he was jerking my leg. And yeah. <laughs> and then when I did, when I did this program, and that's the first thing they teach you is just sit and be mentally present. And so I started practicing that, and I'd go out and I'd sit in my round pen and I'd have a horse out there, and I'd sit there, and as soon as I I would not think, I'd fall asleep. And I'd wake up to a horse standing over me and it was so frustrating because I couldn't just sit there. I had been so wound so tight for so long. And I I guess exhausted that (laughs) it took me a while to get to where I could sit for a period of time without passing out. And the very first horse I had laid down next to me was actually monkey's mother. And I sat in the middle of, uh uh-huh. I sat in the middle of the round pen I don't know how long, because for some reason, when you're in that place, like time doesn't really make sense or it doesn't really, you don't really have a sense of time. Yeah. And I just remember sitting there and she comes up right next to me and lays down right next to me, like close enough I can touch her. And I just thought in my head, oh, I got it. 
and she got up and walked to the gate. <laughs> and right. it changed it changed horsemanship for me because I realized how much even things that we don't show right. the horses pick up on. So how much of the problems that we deal with with horses are actually horse related versus the connection or communication between the human and the horse. Yes. And so then I went kind of more down down that route of you know, people needed to be more involved. And I was also quite a bit more like, I don't know if you're going to get the results that you want. Mm-hmm. It kind of, kind of way, you know, I'd warn people, you know, I might be able to do it, but unless you're involved, you know, kind of thing. So I was able to scare a lot more people off that wanted me to just <laughs> fix their problems. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's just, a, it's a vetting process. That's great. <laughs> Because I, I mean, I, I realized, I realized how, how much just me thinking changed the relationship with my horses. You know, people that have taken lessons might be able to relate to, if they're thinking right now, I have no idea what planet she's from. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And have you ever think about this, not you, but the listener, have you ever had a lesson where your, your teacher asks you to just Maybe you're in a nice little slow trot, and the teacher says, just think, walk. And suddenly your horse is walking because you just thought right. walk. People get that a lot in lessons. So if you if you know that you can somehow communicate through those butt muscles somehow from your brain, and I think from your breath and from your heart rate and everything else, a slowdown is the easiest one to learn from. Um, right. I, th- I think then people will relate a little bit if they didn't understand what you were just talking about to that, because we're not talking about telepathy here. We're actually mm-hmm. talking about a communication between two sentient beings, and there's a there's an energy between us. And I don't mean that in ooey way. I mean literally, it's measurable right. by science. There's energy between us, and they certainly horses can certainly read our physiology. We know that because they survive all these millions of years from being in tune with predators, and yes, we are them. <laughs> They're in tune right. with heart rates and breathing rates and everything else too. So it's so cool that you, I know you said 15 years, but you're young and you have, <laughs> you've gone the full arc here. I mean, you have a little baby right now, two years old and everything too, I think, right? Are we three yet? How old's your baby? No, she's she was 19 months as of yesterday. Oh, there you are. So she's a baby. Yeah. Yeah. See what I mean? So you are, you're literally in that part of life where everything is going, you know, fur flying in different directions, yet you can bring it all together and, um, and sit and I love that. And you give lessons in this, you teach clinics and you have seminars. Uh, what's the most fun you have during the day when you get up, Katie? I don't know. Never really thought about that. I kind of enjoy my life. That's pretty good. If you can say, I don't know, that means that you don't live and breathe for dinner or, you know, (laughs) something like that. That means that when you get up in the morning, you're doing exactly, don't they say that if you, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life? Right. Right. Does that fit you? It does. That's nice. It does for sure. I mean, there's definitely days that are harder than others. Sure. You know, that's part of it. Yeah. It, teaching can really take it out of you because it, 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 sometimes it can almost feel like people draw from me 
and I mm-hmm. get more tired than they do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that yeah. I don't I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but of course. Um, yeah. Um but I enjoy I enjoyed you know helping people find what I've been able to find. Mm-hmm. And then I'm still, you know, on that path of trying to find, you know, deeper stuff and mm-hmm. um but that experience that few years ago was the turning point for me and in my approach to things and how I looked at things. And I never looked at a horse the same mm-hmm. after that. Um, so it helped me actually become a lot more patient with horses as well as dig into, you know, if they're not cooperating, there's usually a reason mm-hmm. instead of looking at it as that horse is being a whatever or choosing to do whatever or is a whatever, mm-hmm. you know, looking at it a little deeper as to there's a reason they're doing it. Yeah. You know, and can we help that? Yeah. Look in the mirror, huh? And what are you going to do with monkey? What's his future look like? Well, monkey would like to stick around because he likes Good. being here. Um, <laughs> but I have some siblings to him. Um, I've been raising like three colts a year, two to three colts a year. And the oldest ones are two other than him, but he's not really, I don't really count him. Um, but the oldest ones are two and I haven't sold anything yet. <laughs> You're a horse or horse hoarder, right? <laughs> no, no, I know that's part of your business. Too. <laughs> so getting, you know, these two year olds, like starting to do a little more stuff with them. And then I've got some yearlings I need to start doing stuff with. And, um, so it's always been kind of a dream to raise my own. And that's just, you know, because a monkey and um, the stallion owner from him, you know, she got the ball rolling with that. And, you know, so it's here, if you, if you want to breed your mare, here you go. And that was, (laughs) that was the beginning of the end. (laughs) Yeah. We won't ask the husband. Yeah. um, (laughs) uh, No, it's wonderful. It's wonderful what you're doing. We're so fortunate to have you right here at Morro Bay, so close and uh, have such good influence on so many people. I hope you'll send more to our mountain trail. We love sharing that and love watching the horses learn from it. And um, people are having fun. It's the only one in California, which is kind of crazy. I'm not sure why, but we're happy. And um, we love being in Central California. Works out great for people that come from down south or up north. And we had to go all the way to Eugene, Oregon, I think I told you, to find one of these. Yeah. And uh, theirs is indoors. Ours is outdoors. But we love ours because it's sort of enclosed. It's the infield of the racetrack. So I guess the horse is too far. But on the other hand, you kind of feel like you're out in the in the field and, uh, it, it doesn't feel cramped at all. So, so anyway, yeah, that uh, was, that was an amazing course. That was so much fun to, you know, challenge, challenge the little guy. And, um, he was there's good. so much variety there and everything is built <laughs> really nice. Yeah, <laughs> um, thank you. that's exciting. So, and it was good. You know, the, um, the gentleman I took with me was very new to it. And so it gave us some really good homework of, you know, sometimes it takes letting someone go and try something to help them see, oh, that's why we do that work. Yeah, exactly. You know, from between the, the, yeah. the two of us. Yeah. You know, he does some stuff with his horse on the ground, but most of our lessons together have been riding. Like, he's like, I want to learn how to ride. Um, so, so doing that over the last weekend was really good because it showed him, oh, I guess we should do some of that. So that way I can have my horse be more like your horse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so that was, that was a really good takeaway was, was being able to go and try it and see what, what your horse tells you your homework is. Yeah. That's and it. That was really good. Mm-hmm. Come to the mountain trail and find out what your homework is. That's the theme. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, y'all did really well. It was really fun. Nice to meet Dawn too. And um, yeah, come back. So, well, thanks Katie. It was nice to yeah. have you for the second time. We'll have you back again when you've uh, got monkey, you know, growed up and maybe some of his siblings coming on. Right. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be fun to see them evolve. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks Katie. A couple of years ago, I don't know how long ago it was now, mm-hmm. but uh, we we uh, had you on a, a number of our shows talking yeah. about the Equus Online University, which had just yeah. come out. It has developed. It's become better with the search engine in it, and it's become better with the forum because we have such an amazing forum. You know, a lot of those forums, people get on there and go, oh, no, you're not. Yes, you are. No, you're not. Yeah, usually it's, it ends up with the whiners on forums. <laughs> exactly. Right. And it's not. What I see is a mentoring. Actually, it's it's almost the polar opposite. Because um, the, we we do give these rosettes out for people who've completed so many lessons, and uh, once the rosettes started, now we have uh, we're up to five rosettes uh, for somebody who's watched every lesson, and you you have those rosettes by your forum. Uh, personality in your profile. And uh, so you can really see who's watched all these things. So it gives them credibility when they come in and say, hey, if you watch this lesson. So people come on there and they're using it as a um, as a training tool, frankly, you know, and they get on there. And and I'm not bragging on, on the university as the greatest training tool, which I think it is, but it's also a great place for people to be mentored as they begin their journey with horses. Um, it really, it really is cool. So when they watch the lessons and they can watch them over and over again as many times as they want, they get the lesson notes, they get audio, they get visual, and then they've got the forum to kick around too. Plus we've got now since 2004, every week, Without fail, we put up a Q&A from Monty himself. He chose the question, he answered it, and we put it in a database. And that's actually free for everybody to search and get to. It's it's open on our um, Equus Online University. In other words, it's a non-subscriber open source forum too. Uh, not forum, but a Q&A base. Uh, the forum is not. You're, you're behind a subscriber wall for the forum just so we know who's talking. But it is... Um, it is it's been an incredible experience actually to put these together with Stefan Peters and Will Simpson. You know who I'm talking about. These, these guys have won everything yep. in their worlds and, uh, Charlotte Bredals. And, and if I get started, Rich, Richard Winters and so many guest lecturers that are on there too. So some people ask, why is it called university? Well, that's what a university is. It's, uh, it's not just one opinion. It's not just one deliverer, you know, and, and I think that's the difference between the, uh, everybody is putting out a YouTube these days and they're free. So people ask us sometimes, why do you charge like up to $10 a month? And well, it's, it's expensive to make the university. Everybody knows quality is, is, uh, not cheap, but it, it's really our mission statement. And I know that sounds a bit trite, but it's true <laughs> when you, when you've worked at it for five years, just to get all that quantified and on there, they're just almost no subjects we haven't covered at this point. But, um, but dad and I were looking at the list and he goes, Hey, I'm going to be making videos until well into my nineties. And I went, yes, so, <laughs> promise and sign here. <laughs> so, so we do have, we do have a lot of subjects left to go and a lot of people we want to still get on there. What do you think of it, Glenn? 
Well, I think that one of the things about training horses, as it, same as training anything, really, yeah. uh, is that you're, you're going through stages and you're always coming up to a new problem to solve uh-huh. or a new issue to deal with. And what I like about the university now that you have so much content on there mm-hmm. is that whatever issue you're running into, there's going to be something on there to help you. So not many people are going to go on there and watch all, you know, all the videos mm-hmm. uh, because there's just so many of them. What you're going to, what you're going to want to do is go on there and you're going to want to watch the videos that relate to the situation you're in currently with okay. that particular horse. Um, and, and that's what I like about it is it has, it has so much content now that whatever you're dealing with, you're probably going to find an answer somewhere, somehow. And if not, you can go to the forum. Yeah. So, you know, that's what I, I really like about it is wherever you're at now is where you can find that situation. Plus, you know, YouTube is so full of crap now. And I'm not saying that every video on there is crap, but there are, we all know what we're talking about. Uh, there are some that are. And, you know, one of the things that, I really like about this is you know you can trust it. Uh, you know that w- what you're seeing is something you can trust. I've tried doing repairs on uh, appliances and things off of YouTube videos. <laughs> and, and you know, some of them are good. Some are not so good. And some, one of the things I couldn't get back together again. So, oh. was, you know, was, you know that, <laughs> at least you didn't hurt yourself. That's right. Good. <laughs> so that's what I really like about it. And for that, yes, it costs a few, it costs a few pennies to do it, but it's worth it. Uh, nice. You know, it's worth it to do it right. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And it is tried and true. Everything on there is so tried and true. If not, you know, we'd be, they'd be throwing tomatoes at us in the forum. <laughs> but it really does work. And, and we, we are so happy that, uh, so many people have been, um, interested enough at least to go there, you know, and I should plug in the, the website right now is, um, www.montyrobertsuniversity.com, um, because people can get a free day pass on there and go see what we're talking about and, uh, and check out that search engine too. You can put in the weird little keywords and you, you find all kinds of crazy stuff. It really is cool. And it breaks it down by, um, not just the lessons first, then it goes into the Q and A database and then it goes into the forum. So you can actually pick and choose where you, um, pick up those keywords from too. So, um, it, it's great. And then you also have little challenge questions, which I love the little tests at the end. You know, there's always four questions at the end of your lesson to make sure that, you know, you were, you were watching. And, um, if, if you get it wrong, it just says, want to try again? <laughs> and so you, by process of elimination, you get it right. And then it, it moves you on. And that's how you get your rosettes that you've accomplished that, um, that lesson and that you get to move on. But I, you know, what you just said is so important because when we were setting this, idea up. Um, nothing really existed like it. We didn't want it to be first you have to do one and then you have to do number two and then you have to do number three. And like it was some sort of programmed process. Yeah, because that, that never go. works. It doesn't. It, <laughs> no. you know, because we wanted people who were amazing trainers to jump in there and go, this is what I, you know, what does Monty say about this? Or what does this trainer say about that? Uh, and they could be at a world-class level, or it could be a very beginner saying, where do I start first? And you can you just go down the lessons if you want. But, you know, it's like you said, if all of a sudden you have a horse that won't load and you didn't have one last week that didn't load, you know, you go to the loading lessons right. and it's exactly. a whole series on it. <laughs> And it's MontyRobertsUniversity.com. That's it. Yeah. Thanks for asking. In 1998, Cynthia Smoot received the prestigious Emmy Award for A Real Life Horse Whisperer, the story of Monty Roberts, who helped revolutionize horse training with his nonviolent methods. One of the highlights of that story was doing a join-up with Shy Boy, the Mustang, under Monty's guidance. 
That would prove to be a serendipitous moment as Cynthia became and remains active in wild horse advocacy. In 2017, she adopted a BLM Mustang to be her equine partner in wild horse advocacy. Mustang Dream, 2018 USEF Reserve Champion in Western Dressage, is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where she tweets in First Horse. Welcome Cynthia Smoot, Emmy Award-winning anchor, and Monty Roberts. We finally, after all these years, got you back together, but a lot of water has crossed under the bridge since 1998, Cynthia. That's the year that you won the prestigious Emmy Award for a real-life horse whisperer. Tell us a little bit of background. How did that become a thing? Oh, well, it is has been a few years ago, and um, and I'm not sure at all that Monty remembers because so many people, I'm sure, have visited the farm since I was there. But uh, what happened was I read his book. I was so touched by the book. I already had a horse in my life, and I um, found out that he was coming to Gainesville, Florida, to the Canterbury Center. And so a photographer uh, and I went up there. I think it was a Friday night or a Thursday night. It was a nighttime event, and I watched Monty in action do the do basically the untouched horse, you know, and had a saddle on him and a rider on him within, I think, I don't know, 40 minutes or something. And I couldn't believe my eyes which is, I'm sure, what you hear from a lot of people, Monty. And I remember we did the story that night, and on the drive back to Tampa, uh, my photographer and I were chatting, and he said, you know, this is a bigger story. I said, I know. I, do you think we should go pitch it to my boss, our news director, because he's all the way in California, right? And we're in Florida. <laughs> Right. And we went in and pitched it to my boss and said, hey, there's a really bigger story here because this man's movement, while it's all about horses, it transcends horses. Mm-hmm. And my boss, to his credit, said, go to California, tell the story. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what we did. And so wow. it was um, a producer, a photographer, and me. And we all came out there to uh, flew into Santa Barbara and got a rental and drove out to Solvang and um, spent a couple days there with Humani and met Pat and um, met Shy Boy. And you gave me one of the honors of my life, which was to do join up with Shy Boy in the ring and the okay. arena. And of course, I have that. Um, that's in the piece as well in the story. It ended up becoming about a four to five minute story that we submitted for an Emmy and it won. So I wow. won my Emmy with your story, which was so meaningful to me in so many ways, because it could yeah. have been for, you know, any number of topics, but but I just fell in love with you, your story, and I thought, this has just got to be one of the highlights of my life. Um, and also, it set me on a course, too, in life, which we can talk about a little bit, But um, because wild horses are now my passion and my advocacy in life. And I'm yeah, a, I heard that. I, ha- I heard that, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. And, yes. and just, just remember that there's been tens of thousands of people that have met Shy Boy, and the same tens of thousands of people that have heard the story of Shy Boy. And yet I don't think anyone else has ever won a national award because of telling that story. So there was talent coming from both ends of this. And um, he's a miracle. He really is a miracle. Um, I think you are too, uh, with that <laughs> in mind. But um, he's, uh, he was four years old when you met him. He was three when he was captured in um, 
in 96. And uh, later, uh, Easter of 97, the BBC asked me to go out. Uh, I hadn't been near him. Um, they had a veterinarian watching over the horses, and they had three horses chosen. And Shy Boy was their final choice to be the single horse that would be joined up with in the wild. And uh, that was in 97, Easter of 97. And back in 97, it came to me a chance to prove my beliefs, you see. Part off a Mustang on the desert wide, cause him to accept me and keep his pride. Amazing. And he's still here. Mm-hmm. I know. And, and there and goes I, another miracle. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because I remember um, you did a follow-up where you took him out to the desert to see if he wanted to go back to the wild. Yeah. And Because yeah. I can remember just sitting there with tears streaming down my face as you guys were all packing up your gear to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he shows up, you know, watching you and then comes, you know, racing down the mountain like, oh, no, don't leave without me. <laughs> I know. And I, I, that touched my heart. I, I, money, I will tell you, I just couldn't get over that. Um, but you know this, that once you've won the heart and the trust of a Mustang, you have it forever then. Oh, um, for sure. Have, All have, you have to do is live by the rules of no violence and he will be your friend for life. And this is unbelievable because Mustangs don't live to be 30 years old. Exactly. Uh, Typically, I mean, he was uh, captured at three years of age. And for three years, he never had a veterinarian look at him. He never had any uh, anthelmintics. He had no worming. So his body was full of internal parasites, just as every Mustang is. And those in their episodic venture to become adults, those internal parasites go through the walls of the arteries and the veins of the horses, and they leave little scars. And at 15 or 16, when age starts to set in and the tissues don't heal as well as they used to, they die. And Most Mustangs die at 15 or 16 years of age if they live that long. But to live 30 years, somebody is up there saying it's worth keeping him alive. And he still bucks and plays and has fun. It's just incredible. Debbie came about a year ago, and uh, I had him out with another Mustang, and he was in a different kind of field. And Debbie thought that he wasn't getting along just right and he was starting to, you know, deteriorate pretty rapidly. And I said, Debbie, he's 29 years old, you know, (laughs) he's going to deteriorate. And she said, well, I'd like to try another little system here of um, a walkout stall and and a turnout where he had a horse on the other side of the fence and not in competition with him. And you can't believe it. He went back about five or six years <laughs> in his energy wow. and his, his desire to live. Mm-hmm. So um, we're, we're on the same team here. And um, I, I appreciate you as much as you do this horse or me. 
Yeah. Oh, and I definitely appreciate you, I mean, Monty. It has been, I knew when I left the shoot and we all flew out that day, I, I, I knew that this mission you were on, because one of the things you told me was you were a man on a mission and yeah. that um, you had, you were going to go forward and, and share this with the world. And of course you did. And of course, in such a way with Queen Elizabeth, as, as we have seen over the years and what a profound, what a profound uh, meeting that was for you and for your mission. But um, everybody I know that is an excellent horseman or horsewoman incorporates your technique and your beliefs into what they do. Um, I mean, I see it time and time again that the most successful um, people out there that I consider to be great trainers, and my, my trainer is one of them, and she uses Join Up, and she's got a Mustang in training right now that she's doing remarkable things with um, oh. because, you know, of what you have, um, you know, what you have imparted to people throughout the years. And so, you know, you've, you've been, you have succeeded. <laughs> you have done well, exactly what you told me you were going to do. Well, I'm I'm so pleased that you recognize it that way. But let me throw a, a bit of a slant on that um, in that I was at Hartbury College in the middle of England and a man came to me and introduced himself as John Groom from the BBC. And he said, I was speaking with Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth and uh, she's telling me that she wants a, um, a documentary done by the BBC where you will do something that you wish you had done but never did because she thought that there were things that you hadn't tried that you wanted to try. And I sat there for a while at Hartbury College in the grandstand there thinking, what is it that I haven't done that I wish I have done had done? And it suddenly came to me that I did this at 15 years of age. I went out and parted off a Mustang and caused him to join up. I saddled him and rode him back to the camp, to the, to the ranch headquarters, where there was about 20 cowboys there. And you can't believe the embarrassment that I suffered when they said, you're a lion so-and-so, and they used all the words. Somebody broke this horse and turned him out. You didn't go out there and find a Mustang and, and do this. And then they told my father about it, and he literally broke several bones in my body, beating me up for having done this because he said I could have been killed. Well, he could have killed me too. But uh, anyway, they didn't believe it. And I never told anybody else about this because I got so much uh, guff when I, when I told the story. And so I said, you know, I have done this, but nobody believes that I've done it. And I would love to do it again. I now have confidence after all these years, I have confidence. I was 15 at the time. And at the time that they did this, I was 62 or something. And I, I, I just knew I could do it. I had to have a rider because I had five surgeries on spinal fractures that my father caused. And I had a young man that I could put on him, but it went exactly as it did when I was 15. And I put this boy up and we rode back to the house. Now, I've done several things since then, but now everybody knows that it can be done. Oh, and yeah. 
Her Majesty kept saying, we can change the world. And I cringed because every time I talked about change, including nonviolence in my work, I got hammered down for it by people that said, you know, this crap gets away with itself and we're out of business. And they they just really hammered me all the way through throwing me out of halls of fame and, and taking away championships and stuff because I didn't do what I said I did, you know. And now, if it wasn't for Queen Elizabeth, this never would have gone around the world. And she sent me to 41 countries and said, I want the world to change. And I believe that Queen Elizabeth II is still somewhere pushing the buttons and guiding all of this. And it's really changing. Yeah. Um, even those that were dead set against it, go watch the finals in the working cow horse now, and you'll see horses that you swear are loving what they do instead of just doing it because they're forced to. And um, I, I sit there, they're not going to give me credit for it. For those, those pros are not going to give me credit for it. They say they came up with it themselves. That's okay. I don't care. I'm in it for the horse, and the horses are so much better off today than they were in the days when I grew up. Mm. Which is such a blessing. It's such such a a blessing, blessing. Debbie. And Cynthia, you know, in 98, had you known uh, the influence that you had, too? I think that there are all those people, Dad, that you've you've influenced, like Cynthia, who was able to use your platforms and the and I thank you for that too that uh, an Emmy is no small deal here in your world right no it's it, it, that is, I would say that's a that's a pretty big honor and I you know that is one of my certainly one of my career accomplishments and um and then recently I was honored by um the Cloud Foundation which is a wild horse advocacy group um for my advocacy and I I told them at the time I said this is going to go right up there next to Miami because to be honored for what I'm trying to do for wild horses is also a huge um, accomplishment for me. And of course, I remember, I remember um, Monty, you saying back then too, that you just felt like there wasn't going to be enough time to just, you know, get everything done. And and you do, you feel like you're in this race to try to get things um, to affect change, to affect change. And, um, you know, but you, I mean, I look, I look at what you're doing now and, and, uh, you know, with social media now, and then this international online course and all the people who've come now to flag us up farms and clearly, you know, the difference you're making in the world for horses is just phenomenal. Wow. Um, and your, your legacy is going to be with us forever. Um, well, I, I appreciate I what you're saying. Sometimes from this side of it, you wonder. Um, I know when I was in my 60s, that was in the 90s, when I was in my 60s, I thought it was over then, and I, I really felt I would fall short in what I wanted to accomplish. But I have to tell you that when it went into uh, the 20th, the 21st century, and the years that Her Majesty kept telling me, you go down the road, I want to see more of this, you know, and, and so forth. I just never thought that it would go this far. Now I cannot do anymore. I just can't. I'm 87. I can't do anymore. But this call 
means so much to me because it means that people who are still young and and have um, a message to tell are making it happen, and it will go on. There's no question it will go on in perpetuity now. But every time I sort of acted as though I wanted to pull up, the Queen was saying, no, 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 I want you to go to, and then name <laughs> some country, you know. And and without her, it just wouldn't have happened. But without Shy Boy, it wouldn't have happened. Without Monty, it wouldn't have happened. And now without you, it wouldn't have been to the extent that it is by any imagination. Uh, well, thank you for that. I really appreciate that. Cynthia, I'd love to jump in here and ask you about your Mustang dream, the Mustang, and what made you decide in 2017 to adopt a BLM Mustang and have have Dream become your equine partner. Well, I had already been working um, in wild horse advocacy uh, from, for several years at that point. But in, in 2016, I actually went up to the Pryor Mountains um, with Ginger Catherines and and for the first time, I actually sat on the ridge and watched wild horses and um, observed the family units and everything about it. And it was in that moment that I realized when I left that I needed to up my advocacy, um, mm-hmm. that no longer was it going to be just enough for me to talk about it, but I needed to, to walk the walk as well as talk mm-hmm. the talk. And so I really at that point said, I need an equine partner. And of course, it needs to be a Mustang. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, uh, my trainer, Marsha Sapp um, of Tallahassee, mm-hmm. uh, soon to be Ocala, yeah. uh, she was training a uh, a wild horse, a Mustang, for the Extreme Mustang Makeover uh, the year that I saw her on Facebook. And I had already met Marsha on Facebook and was thinking about going up to do a story. And then my um, executive producer was like, well, that's four hours away. You need to find somebody closer. And I just couldn't. So cut to the chase. I started following her on Facebook and just noticing this beautiful Palomino. And I, uh, she, she starts DMing me, direct messaging me, this is the horse for you, after she learned a little bit more about me. So, of course, that made me like really curious. <laughs> so um, my funny little story is that right up, we're, we're going right up and now until the time of the actual competition. We were literally days away. And um, I had not laid eyes on this horse. We had some friends who have a plane. And I said, oh, we can't bid on this horse. They auction them off after the event's over. I said, we, I told my husband, I said, we can't bid on a horse I've never met. You know, and so... Our friends flew us up to Jacksonville, where they were, 45 minutes versus four hours in the car. And I got to meet Marsha, and I met Dream, and of course, love at first sight. (laughs) So my husband and I already were, um, that weekend, we could not go to the event because we already had tickets, bucket list, to see Misty Copeland dance at, um, yeah, in New New York City. You know, everything's paid for, the hotel, the plane tickets, everything. So we, I, I told uh, Debbie this story, Monty. It's it's a little bit funny. So I'm sitting there. We're watching Misty Copeland, you know, do her amazing dancing on stage. I've got my phone under my wrap in my lap, hoping that it's not too loud if it buzzes, because the ladies behind us would probably call security and have us thrown out. <laughs> and. Uh, and my phone starts buzzing that we are the winners of the bid for oh. 
Mustang Dream. And so we literally adopted her that evening while we're watching the ballet. And, it and was you like, screamed and you screamed and they threw you out. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Almost. So I'm, I'm bumping my husband in the dark and I'm oh. looking at him mouthing, we got her. We okay. got her. And he's looking at me and he's like, oh, and then we kind of fist bumped and we couldn't actually yell and cheer until after intermission came up and the lights came up. And then we did. So her name is Mustang Dream because, um, you know, from where I sit, Mustangs all dream of being free and with their families, you know, and in the, in the wild and being managed in, on, on our public lands in the wild. But she's delightful. Um, and she, um, she is, such a um, just such a sweet horse, such a social horse, and uh, she still is with Marsha, the uh, original trainer of her, who you know did amazing things in ninety days, um, which is the same you know sort of the same thing. And she uses join up uh, the same way that uh, that you do, and so uh, she is my equine partner, and um, yeah, yeah. yeah, and she's my equine partner in advocacy, and I feel very fortunate that I have such a wonderful equine partner because. It opens the door for more conversations then. It sure does. Yeah. Wow, what a story. Um, that's really something. You know, uh, Cheryl Ladd was out there when we rode Shy Boy back to the house. And uh, the thing that concerned me most at that moment in time is I got this call, and Pat says, Cheryl wants to come out and, and watch the ride in, you know. And we, I hadn't even saddled him yet. And uh, I didn't know it could happen. I mean, I thought it could happen, right? But you don't mm-hmm. know for mm-hmm. certain. And um, Cheryl just thought it was, um, she never doubted it for a minute. And she went out, running out of the house up toward him with her hands in the air. And I thought, oh God, he's going to whirl and <laughs> throw this kid on the ground. And he just let her go right up and love his head and it was unbelievable. And and looking back on it, it never should have happened this easy. But God does incredible things when there's a good goal that you're shooting for. Absolutely. And when and when that first experience is one of trust and understanding yeah. and as you say, nonviolence. And when that's the way they are introduced, and unless they've had trauma before, because some are awfully traumatized in capture and holding, but if you if you're lucky that you the one that that step off that trailer into the first um, the first corral that is with a good trainer, the trust that is built there in those first moments, those first days, is the basis for everything to follow. Yeah. Um, you know, and I have watched Marsha now with wild horse after wild horse after wild horse have them, you know, ready to perform. And I don't mean just go around the ring, but I mean laying down on a pedestal, saluting, doing remarkable things, uh, riding bridleless. Um, yeah. I, yeah. so many things I can't even, you know, doing musical freestyles in 90 yeah. days in less yeah. than 90 days. Yeah. That's well, the first awesome. person, the first person never sees the most uh, incredible things really, but I've been so lucky to live long enough to see some pretty incredible things, but there's more to come. Mm. Uh, you know, people are doing things now 
that I just didn't dream was possible. I, I saw a man uh, run his horse 40 miles an hour down through the ring in the finals of the Rain Cow Horse uh, National Championship this year. And um, that horse slid about 40 feet to a stop without any tugging on the reins or anything. He just told him to stop and sat down in the saddle and he slid to a stop there. And as he slid, the guy's hat almost jumped off of his head and it was sort of on the back of his head and sort of off on one ear, you know, and, um, he just left the reins on the saddle horn and put his hat back on and twisted it into shape. And I, I thought to myself, they're going to egg him. They're going to give him a zero because he went off course because you're not supposed to just stand there with the horse standing completely relaxed. And the next thing you do is spin 40 miles an hour in a, in a uh, three and a half full turns and the horse spun like a top. And then I find out three days later, he won the whole competition. Um, this didn't happen in my day. If you stopped and let a horse just stand there after the stop while you fixed your hat, you were out. But now people are seeing it a different way. There the horse didn't do anything wrong. So they're not, um, you know, they're not punishing the horse for things they used to punish them for. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> it's just unbelievable for me to go around the world now. And I, I'm having people tell me about crazy things they're doing. And then I go and they're not crazy things. They're, they're what I've been doing the whole time. But they've seen a video or they've watched something and, and or had somebody tell them. And... Uh, the horses pick it up from there. They're they're exactly, exactly. Yeah, they're, yeah. and um, and you're and you're right. And you know, it's it's critical, as you know, Monty, because you're observing this too, that 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 nonviolence and and the the things that you and I believe in when it comes to horse training, that that gets rewarded by the judges, so that. Yeah. It, yeah. You, then you then you 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 know that you're doing the right thing, and you know when you go into the ring, you won't be punished or lose points because you're doing well, the I, right thing. I, I show I showed working cow horses for forty years, and I never heard a judge say, "You know, I gave that horse two extra points because he really looked like he wanted to do what he was doing instead of just doing it because he was told to." And now. All the judges are saying this kind of thing. That's what we're looking for. The horse that wants to do it. Well, it, when you were using violence, they didn't want to do it. They just did it because they were afraid not to. And uh, so we're getting advanced performances now that were never seen before. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's yeah. a willingness. Yeah, and that's and that's mm -hmm. huge. I think that's huge. I mean, especially if you look at it, I mean, you're talking about this in your lifetime. I mean, we're, yeah. we're talking about the last 25 years, say, 30 yeah. years. Yeah, And yeah. And so that, that, you know, when you look at it from just the, you know, the um, arc of time, that's pretty fast, really. Oh, so, hey, I applaud you. I applaud you for that. That's a blink of an eye in, in well, history. Yeah. For, for all of horse training, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a long. I call it the second oldest profession, right? Because <laughs> it, you know, horses have created civilizations for us, haven't they? They built our roads and everything. So we've been doing this a long time with the training yeah. of horses. 
So, yeah. Well, you know, you'll have to be out, Cynthia. You'll have to come meet Shy Boy. Hurry up. And I um, know. Exactly. <laughs> I definitely we, want to come back yeah. out and see yeah. Shy Boy and see Monty again, too. And um, I will, we will try to plan that, Debbie, sooner than later, because uh, I will tell you that my, um, my heart horse, my first horse, he passed away at the age of 36. Oh, you know, good nutrition, good turnout, turnout. Yes. I think yeah. turnout is so critical. It is. Um, you know, mm-hmm. a happy horse is just a healthier horse. Yes. And, yeah. Uh, so, so, um, tell shy boy to hang in there for me. Okay. Um, so I can get back <laughs> out there will. and I'll do that. Okay. Today. And, 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 and see him again. And, um, maybe I can like, you know, figure out a way to box that Emmy up and get a exactly. picture with them. Wouldn't would that you? be cool? Oh, That'd Cynthia, we'd cool. love to see you coming down the drive. It would be really fun. The place is it looking lovely. It would be lovely. fun to have you back. And, it would. And, yeah, and, and to know you and to hear these things you're saying is the biggest prize I've ever won because I know where it goes from there and I know how fast these things spread over the world. It's just incredible what what took these thousands of years, 6,000 years since we domesticated horses and it took all this time. And all of a sudden we've made the difference. You can, you can credit the queen, you can credit me somewhat, but you and the next generation, that's the ones that get the credit for carrying it on. That's passing the stick, if you will. Well, that's I intend to keep keep on keeping on doing that, Monty, and and yeah. spreading your word. And um, um, I am always, uh, you know, what it comes down to is when you put the horse first, everything mm. else falls mm. into where it needs to mm. be. Whisper the language of the herd. Listen, you don't have to say a word. It's time for Jamie Jennings to fetch an email from Monty Roberts' inbox and share a morsel of Monty's wisdom in a little segment we like to call Ask Monty. Leave this world a better place than The magic in the language of the herd. Dear Monty, how do you cure a herd-bound horse? I have a horse that is so bonded to two other individuals that I can't take him away from them. I can't ride him to other locations, nor can I even put him on a trailer to transport him. He goes crazy. Monty's answer. When I was gathering the material for this book, it became apparent to me that separation anxiety was a far greater remedial problem than I ever imagined. I would estimate that variations on this question have come to me more than 500 times in the past two or three years alone. Horses are herd animals. Some horses are in more deep need of constant company than others. The horse that is perfectly happy while solo is rare. In the case of your horse, it seems that there is an intense desire to be in an environment with a companion. If your horse panics when his buddy horses leave the property without him, he is a herdbound horse subject to separation anxiety and needs to be debonded. A horse that goes crazy when its companions are away is a danger to itself, others, and property. Separating your horses from one another gives them the opportunity to learn they can survive by themselves. If you have a small property and separation is not possible in your circumstances, you have other options. Join up is an effective way to cause your horse to want to be with you. This, in effect, is part of the debonding process. 
When your horse is comfortable in your presence, he is less likely to be stressed in the absence of other horses. In rare cases, I have seen horses change dramatically after nothing more than a good join-up. It seems that this procedure tends to say to them that they're safe. Spending quality time with your horse is part of the answer to this ever-increasing problem called separation anxiety. Once a good join-up has been accomplished and your horse is completely at ease with you, then you can bring into play another aspect to solving this problem. Borrow a friend's horse. Agree with a friend that you will trade animals for a short period of time, during which you will take care of their horse while they take care of yours. Another thing you can do is let your horse spend some time in a different location. Simply shift your horse around for a while. The deep bonding process will not take long. Once it has been accomplished, make use of the horse's new attitude by periodically introducing various new individuals into his life so that he accepts this kind of change rather than feeling a constant need to have specific horses around him and going ballistic when they aren't there. A good horse person should realize that overly bonded horses that are subject to separation anxiety create a danger to themselves and those who work with them. We should also realize that it is far more difficult to enjoy a relationship with a horse that is herd-bound than with one that is comfortable about being removed from his friends wherever you choose. One must realize and accept the fact that a time commitment, probably quite a substantial one, is going to be necessary in dealing with a horse such as yours. I enjoy these types of challenges, but I guess it's only fair to tell you that I have been accused many times of being maniacal in my desire to understand better the workings of the equine mind. For more of these insights into good horsemanship, go to MontyRoberts.com and click on the words Ask Monty at the bottom of the page. Where in the world is Monty Roberts? Monty is looking forward to meeting some new friends, two-legged and four-legged, December 17th. That's that mountain trail play day that we talked about. December 16th through 18th, we also have a horse sense and healing for veterans and first responders. Then to January 2023, on the 14th, we have a mountain trail play day. And on the 21st, we have a Horsemanship 101. That is almost full. So if you're thinking about giving that as a gift or coming out yourself, uh, scramble. I know we have some New Yorkers coming out for that, too, and some fun people coming out for that. So it'll be really fun. You know Sarah Neer, uh, Horse Crazy Girl? She wrote the book called Horse Crazy? Yeah. She and girlfriends are coming out for that one. Oh, fun. Yeah. And then in February 2023, we have on the 4th, a mountain trail play day. On 6 through 10, we have a gently wild horses course. 13th through the 25th, we have an introductory course of horsemanship. So that's the two-week version. And then we have the modules that break that apart. So 13 through 15, we have introductory course module one. Then 16 through 18, module two. That's the join-up. Then 20 through 22, we have the module three, which is long lining. And then, of course, if you've taken all three of those and you've been waiting for one of those module fours where you prepare for the intro exams, that is February 23 through 25. And then long-term thinkers, we have March 2023. On the 11th, we have another Horsemanship 101, if you didn't get into that January one. And then March 13 through 17, we have a money special training, really fun. And then March 18th, we have a mountain trail play day. And if you didn't get all of that, 
It can all be found and so much more at MontyRoberts.com. That includes this podcast, by the way. This podcast, all of the episodes are posted at MontyRoberts.com in addition to many other places. You can call Flag is Up Farms and speak with a knowledgeable and helpful horse person, 805-688-6288. And for details about today's show, you can go to HorsemanshipRadio.com, MontyRoberts.com, HorseRadioNetwork.com, all of those. And you're going to find links, photos, and more information about today's guests and topics. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. That's right. Monty Roberts is on all three. On Facebook, it's easy. Monty Roberts with a little blue check mark. Instagram and Twitter, Monty underscore Roberts. And thank you very much to today's sponsors. And they are... Oh, that's hands-on gloves. I love Jay Michelson over there and his invention. It's so cool. And that's a a grooming product. And then we have Monty Roberts University. And this part is for your brain. And that is all his concepts in over 700 lessons on MontyRobertsUniversity.com. Be sure to visit all the other great shows, too, on the Horse Radio Network. There are many at www.HorseRadioNetwork.com. Until next time, have many happy horse hours. 